Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Pure Victory Podcast. Before we get going on our great topic today, I want to make you aware of the Pornea webinar series. If you're not familiar, we are hosting one every weekend for 10 weeks. This coming up weekend, we have great guests, Rosie McKinney, and I believe her husband, Mark, will be on this as well. But they're going to be talking about how wives can deal with the betrayal and the trauma from someone who's struggling with porn. We're talking husbands. <laughs> so please check this out. You're going to want to hear this. Tie into it. Go to restoredministries.ca and register today. And then you can get the replay as well if you're not able to make it this weekend. So that said, we want to get going on this great topic today. So Matt here with me, we're going to be talking about social media and how social media can be one of those dangling carrots for us, maybe the bait on the end of the hook that can lead us to a porn addiction. I mean, we know that social media is addictive already, but when you tie it to other addictions, it can be really powerful in our lives and powerful in in not a good way. (laughs) It can really keep us stuck. So we're going to break this down. So Matt, let's get into this. Social media, what are you seeing? What are some things that we should address from the get-go here? It's definitely a trend where people struggle with social media. It happens over and over and over again. And and lots of guys, even in the programs that we run, they don't even have Facebook or don't even have social media because they're making that wise decision of going, man, this is a stumbling block for me. I, I got to cut this out of my life for a time. And so lots of guys have done that. But lots of guys also, they're like, you know, this is this the place that I always stumble is Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok. And sometimes it leads to pornographic websites. And sometimes that's just it. And they start really struggling 
with certain pictures or videos that they're seeing there and, and having wisdom in around social media and just understanding these practical ways that we can utilize it and, and have boundaries, mm-hmm. but also utilize it in, in good, healthy ways too, is a really important thing in helping us to get free from pornography, to get free from addiction, but really just lead more healthy lives. Because even if it's not where we stumble, sometimes, and we'll get into this more, but it can just shut our brains off, shut our minds off. It yeah. can have a, an impact scientifically on the function of the brain and the ability that we have to regulate our emotions in a healthy way. And so there's a lot of science that's gone into all the research that's been done on social media because it's such a huge thing in our world. And so it's pretty fascinating the the impact that it has on us and the way that social media platforms have really just kind of taken over and spread like wildfire, even to the point where the people that made the platforms, the founders of certain platforms, they're like, man, I didn't expect it to be like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, we would never have thought that people that develop something like this would come out and say that, but it's true. It really is. And we want to just lay the groundwork here for you too, that we're not saying that social media is all bad or that if you're on it, that you're you're in the wrong. We're just saying that social media is designed in a way that it can pull us in deeper and then if porn is a part of our story, is part of our journey, and we're trying to get away from it, social media can be something that actually pulls us deeper into the addiction because it is addictive already. And we need more though. We need to go to more things that are more advanced when we're on social media. If it's not giving it to us the way we want it anymore, so we got to go to porn. We got to look at something that really lights up our brain because Eventually, social media, you know, it it brings us to a level. But if porn is a part of your life, you need something more. You need to go to that more addictive drug because you're not getting the same hit of dopamine that you're looking for. And we know that social media does give us that dopamine hit. It really does. It rewires our brain. It it can over time. And what are are, Matt, some ways that it, it happens to us where our brains are rewired? Well, one of the ways is with the reward center in our brain, or more officially called, formally called the limbic system, where all the feel-good chemicals or feel-bad chemicals even are released. And, and there's such high emotional responses that are stored as memories and, and even as motivation in our limbic system, our reward center. Every time we get that like, every time we get a comment, every time we get a notification, our limbic system lights up. It releases these chemicals that that draw us back, that motivate us when we want to feel good, that go back to social media. And so the damage in that is that the more we do that, the more our frontal lobe, where all the logic, the reasoning, the critical thinking, the problem solving, all that, it starts getting diminished and starts getting weakened and starts kind of getting dismissed and looked over where we move into life outside of social media, outside of the digital world, and we're trying to make decisions and our brains, our, our, our frontal lobe isn't as developed as it could be otherwise because we've spent so much of our day, whether it's pornography, social media, or something else where our frontal lobe is not being worked on. And we move into other parts of our life where we try to make decisions, not in the digital world, not social media or even pornography, but it could just be something with our marriage or something at work and we're trying to make a, a healthy decision. But our prefrontal cortex, which is the part of our brain where we're, we're supposed to be thinking critically in our prefrontal cortex, it's not developed. It's it's literally physically in MRI scans not developed to the point that it's supposed to be because we've spent so much of our day engaged in activities that kind of crush that, that don't develop it, but give more power to the limbic system in our brain. Hmm. Yeah, it's like our brain, certain areas that we we engage, it'll it'll strengthen those areas. So that limbic system, those areas of reward, 
those get strengthened and, and our brain gets developed in a way and our behavior matches that to go there. And then these other areas get starved, right? They don't develop. They don't become part of a healthy way of regulating our lives. And we have an imbalance then in our brains of that's wired to a certain way. And we will always go there. And, and what happens too is when we're in a regular day and we don't have, say, social media, and we're not getting that dopamine reward, you know, when you get a like or if you get comment that you make is is noticed or, you know, all these things that cause the dopamine reward center to light up in our brain. When we're not getting that, what happens then in our day? Like we, we're kind of going through withdrawals, right? Like if you have time away from your phone or your devices, then you start to notice you don't feel very good, right? Because <laughs> you, you're wired now to want this dopamine hit all the time to stay in that state and we're not in that state and we have times in our day where we're away from our devices, then we feel really negative. You know, on the drive home from work, you're not looking at your phone. At least I hope you're not looking at your phone, (laughs) but you're not looking at your phone. You're not looking at, you know, your Instagram. You're not looking at your, you know, your Twitter and maybe you're you're lost in your own thoughts and you're not feeling good because you're not getting that dopamine hit. So the instant that you get home, you're wired to just go to your phone then. You have to go there. And then you start to feel a bit better, right? Because now I'm on this device that makes me feel better. I'm in the social media, I feel better. And then what occurs is you're not able to deal with emotion in your life anymore. You you need this external thing to help you manage emotion, negative emotion. And then we know that with addiction, one of the biggest blind spots for us is we don't know how to deal with our emotions or it becomes unhealthy. We don't know how to deal with negative emotion. And when we don't know how to do that, we have to go to something. And that's where porn, for instance, comes into place, right? It's the uh, the end of the rabbit trail, so to speak. You know, you have social media that makes you feel a little bit better, but you need more still. And when we're in that world, you know, you're always looking for the bigger, better thing. And I think that's why we stay stuck looking on social media for hours and hours and hours, right? We scroll down the pages on Twitter. We're looking at all the different things and we stay stuck in that state for hours. And eventually... You know, it's not doing it for us anymore. We're, we're just become familiar with that and we need something else, right? And and then that's when we go to porn. And you know, so they can work kind of in that relationship of keeping us in needing all the time this dopamine hit. And it's not healthy for us. And social media is smart, man. And honestly, it's not even just social media, it's websites in general, like news websites even. I'm looking at this and I'm like, hey, they've got, say they've got three thumbnails across the screen from left to right. On some sites, they're on the same level, like they're horizontal to each other. But what social media companies are now starting to learn and news news websites are doing the same thing is where they'll make two headlines a certain size and they'll make the third headline bigger. And so what that does is if you want to see the bigger headline, you got to scroll down a little bit and then that allows you to see the two other headlines that were below the other two headlines. And so it's like you don't just see three headlines in one go. You see like parts of the ones that are on the next level below. And then, and then you got to scroll down a little bit to see those two headlines. And then when you do that, you see the one that's below the big one. It's like, oh man, I, like what's below, right? And it's the same thing when you're scrolling on social media where you see somebody's post and then right below you see kind of like half of the font or half of the text of the post below. And it's like, oh, I'll just look at one more post. And they just hook you. They just get us. And man, it's crazy. I, I Sometimes I just hate my phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And yeah. You, Braden was even talking before this about how smart even just they are with the phone. Like, I'll, I'll go, man, I don't want to look at my phone for an hour. 
And literally like 30 seconds later, I'll be, you know, cooking in the kitchen or something. I'm like, oh, I need a math equation. I mean, you know, how many how many yeah. cups go into a liter or something? And so I get my phone just to do some, a calculation. And then I'm like, geez, the phone's in my hand again. I'm yeah. like, what the heck? I don't want this phone. But like everything we need is on the oh, phone. Totally. And like, and I, one of the things we don't get about social media and, and our phone devices is the people that design these things. The way that they are successful, that they deem what they're doing successful is the amount of time that we spend on it. And, you know, the more that we click and the more that we stay where they, in the things that they've developed and they have algorithms, things running in the background that we're not aware of that are monitoring all this behavior. It sends that information back out to them and they, it learns how to better keep us hooked. Like that's the one thing that we we just need to be straight about this. Social media is working to keep us stuck and in, in, in looking at these things all the time. It wants us to stay there. And we're not saying that it's bad inherently. You just need to be aware of this because like ask yourself the question, how much time am I spending here? <laughs> like, why do I feel this way when I'm clicking on this? Or what am I feeling? You know, like, because we don't monitor our own selves. We don't regulate our own emotions. We just, we're just reactive. Like when we're feeling a certain way, we go to it. And like Matt was talking about me too. Like I'll click on something and I don't even realize I'm doing it, right? Like it's playing in the background of my mind because I've been, I'm hardwired this way over time. And so we just kind of got to bring ourselves back a little bit and start asking ourselves these questions. You know, why am I engaging with this on the level that I am? Because often we do it because we're trying to regulate unhealthy emotion in a really bad way. And it's it's not good for us. So it kind of keeps us stuck and it keeps us there. We're not able to just unplug and just have a thought, right? Like, do we think anymore? Do we have actual rational thoughts about anything in life? Do we ask ourselves the question, how am I doing right now? Do we ask ourselves the question, what does my day look like? And we don't do that anymore. We don't know how to connect well with, with others and our emotion. Like I heard this one guy, this was great. I was telling Matt this actually. But one of the best ways that he sees whether he's doing well in regards to maybe moving away from things like porn is he's been able to have a conversation with himself and not only that with his wife saying, you know, I'm feeling this way and then fill in the blank. When he's able to do that, he knows he's doing better. But when he's not able to express his feelings, when he's not able to connect with that, he realizes he's not doing well. And you know what? That really hit me because I think about that. I'm like, in our lives, I think I'm speaking for all of us generally, how often do we really do that? I don't think we really know what's going on in our lives. We just, we live our lives plugged into this stuff without thinking or having a thought about what's really going on in my heart right now. What am I feeling? Like we don't do that anymore. So then we're just, we're so susceptible to getting pulled into this. We really are. Why am I posting what I'm posting? Like, why am I making this post? Am I posting for educational purposes so that I can impact other people? Am I posting because I want to get so many likes? Yeah. Am I posting because yeah. I want to get certain comments? Like, is that why I changed my profile picture four times a day? Because I want more more comments, more likes. I want, <laughs> I, I, you know, I post funny things because I want people to do the haha like or whatever, like the laughing comment, emoticon, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't know the terminology, but because I want to be viewed as cool or, you know, like what or is it healthy like i'm not saying it's all bad but like what's the motivation like brad 
I'm saying? Like, ask ourselves these questions. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because often social media is just like TV. It just literally turns off our brains Mm -hmm. and we become kind of a zombie led by emotion. And the way God designed us, he wants us to pursue joy and seek joy and find the good things in him. But when our brains are shut off, we find these things in social media. And I heard a great thing yesterday, probably on social media, (laughs) when I I was watching watching a video or something. I don't know who, who was it I was watching or that said it, but the person said, my dad told me never trust a person whose TV is bigger than their bookshelf. And I was pondering that after I'm like, it's true. Like, I understand that. But I'm like, why? Like, what's the what's the reason that books are so much more powerful? And I was thinking about just different research that I've heard or looked at and different things people have said over the years that I've heard. And kind of the conclusion I came to is something that I heard from this guy who teaches people how to run businesses and start businesses. And and he's been hugely successful. And he says, man, he's like, in my home, I don't have TV. I haven't had TV for decades. And he's like, when I go to hotels because I travel and I speak and stuff he's like I kind of struggle sometimes I'm like maybe I should turn the tv on but he's like often what I'll do is I'll unplug the power I don't want to watch tv but when I do watch tv it's like it's such a waste of time I feel worse after and so what he says is he says when I read a book like I, I don't have the picture that's set for me and so my brain has to visualize my brain has to like my imagination has to turn on my brain is activated in reading a book But when I'm watching TV, when I'm on social media, when I'm looking at a device, our brains shut off because everything is done for us. The picture is done for us. We don't have to imagine anything creatively in our minds. And so this guy was saying that when we read books, our brains are activated. We we start learning from other people. And so the question in my mind was, well, what's the harm in watching an educational movie or a documentary or, uh, you know, something on social media that's educational? And why is that not as effective as reading a book? And the reason is, I think that's what I'm saying is just kind of probably part of it. But our imagination and our brain gets so much more activated and engaged when we're reading a book, when we're having to visualize the scene or the setting ourselves rather than have everything done for us. And so, yeah, this phrase, never trust a man whose TV is is bigger than his bookshelf. I thought it was so great. We can think about the TV principle as the same as social media. Uh, man, it just shuts our brains off. It it makes us, like Braden was saying, I said earlier, I think, but he, it makes us like zombies. And it just limits our potential and our capability and our relationships and just the sense of fulfillment that we have. There's been a lot of research with social media on comparison and on depression. And the more people that spend more hours on social media are more prone to depression. And what if you just cut it out? Like, what if you just said, you know, for a month, I'm not going to be on social media anymore. I'm just going to close close it down. Man, when my wife and I have done that for a month, we feel so much better. Oh, man, we just love it. And then for some reason, we get back onto social media and we're as hooked as ever after that month. But when we do that cleanse, it's so nice. And actually, Rick Thompson, who is on the the podcast the last two weeks, and if you haven't listened to his story, go back and listen to part one and part two. He is an incredible story. But he was telling me that that you can shut down your personal social media pages. Well, I guess he was speaking specifically to Facebook. You can close down your Facebook, your personal Facebook pages. You can download apps for your business pages or for your groups. And so you can still keep in touch with your pages for your business and your groups if that's something that you have. 
but you can close down your your personal pages and have it be separate. So you're not always seeing the personal notifications when you're just doing your business stuff on Facebook. And so that's something that I think people can kind of take advantage of as a practical thing yeah. um, to spend less time on Facebook and social media. Mm-hmm. And you can, the one thing too is like, you can shut off your notifications on your phone. I think that often when we start our day in the morning, right, one of the first things we typically do is we look at our phone. And what I've been challenged with actually, uh, you know, is to not look at my phone first, to either actually have a cognitive thought about my day or, you know, think about, you know, my wife or think about God or, you know, have some more proactive thinking patterns instead of going straight to my phone because that sets me up for my day then. And I think that that's another practical thing is you shut off the notifications, put your phone away from your nightstand. I don't think it's helpful there. <laughs> yeah, I know people are like, you know, I use it as my alarm clock. You know what? Go to Walmart and buy a $10 alarm clock. Seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have to use that. I mean, that's not an excuse, right? Like there's ways around that. So I think there's things we can do practically. And the reason why we bring those up too is we know that how detrimental this can be for us. It becomes problematic for us when we use social media as a coping mechanism for our life. We have a lot of things that we use to cope for sure. And I think we need to be aware of them. But when it becomes unhealthy, it's when I I feel stressed, I got to go to social media. When I feel lonely, I got to go to social media. When I'm feeling depressed. You know, the interesting thing though, is all these platforms, social media, they actually make us feel these things even more (laughs) because they, they don't help with those emotions, really. They give us a fake fix. And we know this because, for instance, like we've seen the research, teenage girls who are probably the highest consumer of social media right now, and even more so than in the past, in the past decade, the suicide rate, the depression rate, and, and girls cutting themselves, it has skyrocketed. I don't even have the stat in front of me, but it's it's gone up so much. It's startling. We, we just see this then. It doesn't help us with these emotions. It really doesn't. So if you think that, hey, at the end of my day, I'm going to unwind by spending a few hours scrolling through Twitter or Instagram or whatever else, you think that's going to help you? Really, it doesn't. It actually makes you feel worse. It's just though that we have a synthetic feeling, this fake feeling that's been made through our dopamine reward center. You know, it's not real. It's based on these platforms that, they're designed to keep us stuck there, to keep us engaged there. Bright lights, the tweets, all these other things, it keeps us there. And it wants us to live there, like we said earlier in the podcast. But the problem is, is that becomes our coping mechanism. And that's how we deal with negative emotions. But we stay in that state for hours without having real thought about what really does matter in my life. What is important in my life? And you, you repeat this pattern over and over again. And eventually, you're just stuck there. And then when you pair that with things like porn or other things that are addictive, man, it's just it's just damaging to us. It really is. If you think about why social media exists, it exists to make money. I mean, every all these billionaires in Silicon Valley that started these companies, I mean, they're not like, hey, let's just do something fun. It's like, let's make money. And so they make money not from users, but from advertising. And so if they go to, to a company to promote their platform for advertising, if the company looks at one platform and, and says, man, okay, your users spend five hours a day on your platform, but this other social media platform, their users spend nine hours a day on their platform. I'm going to put my advertising dollars to the to the platform that has the users spending nine hours a day because it's more chance of them them seeing the ad. And so all of the design, all of the updates, all the things that social media companies do, maybe I shouldn't say all, but at least the large majority, if not all, all the things that they do are designed to keep our attention. 
And so as teenagers, literally the hour or the average daily for teenagers is that they spend nine hours a day on social media, checking texts on YouTube, like on their phone, nine hours a day. Like, holy smokes, that's a lot. And then you think about video games on top of that. If guys are gamers, I'm like, man, how do people even do anything else? Have friends or go to school? I guess their friends are just on their social media or on video games, I guess. This is crazy. And so, yeah, there's practical things that we can do. Brad and touched on a little bit. Turn the notifications off. Even like don't have a have a phone in your bedroom. That's something that my wife and I are kind of off and on on. But what I've noticed, honestly, is that when my phone is beside me on my table, beside my bed, I don't sleep as well. And whether it's like, I don't know how it works with the the waves, the Wi-Fi waves or whatever going from my phone, whether that's affecting me or whether just subconsciously I'm like, if I wake up at four in the morning, I can just grab my phone, check the time and, you know, look at Instagram or whatever I do, (laughs) you know, for for a minute, go back to sleep. Maybe it's just subconsciously. I don't know what it is, but literally every time I leave my phone out of my room, I sleep better. I wake up less in the night. And so that's something that my wife and I have talked about a lot. It's like, let's just leave our phones out of our room. That'll really help not just our sleep, but our connection too. We won't just lie awake, you know, before we go to sleep like zombies, both on our phones. And so that's something that we've really come to value in our marriage. And it's not something we do consistently, but there's times where we're off and on on that. We should probably be more consistent with that. But even just the bright lights that comes from our phone, when we're on our phones within an hour of trying to go to sleep, we'll sleep worse. So if we have our phones away from us for at least an hour before bedtime, we're going to sleep better. We're going to make ourselves sleep better and then that'll make us feel better the next day. We'll feel better emotionally. We'll have more energy. It all plays a role. When we don't have our phones in our room, we won't watch pornography <laughs> before bed because how can you if you don't have your phone, right? Or any any laptop, any device. I mean, that's just a practical thing. And then be aware of the stumbling blocks on social media. I know on Instagram, a lot of guys struggle on Instagram with lust, with temptation, with whether they just you know, follow certain pages that cause them to masturbate and act out or whether it leads into to different kind of websites. But a lot of people struggle with Instagram and, and oftentimes it starts on the search feature where if you go to search for somebody's name for an account, Instagram, again, they're so brilliant with how they do this. And you can see on, if you have Instagram, you can see what I was saying earlier about the way that, the, that they lay it out. If you look at one video, you're always going to see half of another video. And it's going to intrigue you to go watch the whole or see the whole visual of that video, which is going to expose another video, just a partial you know, visual of another video. It's just so brilliant. And so if you go to the search feature on Instagram, you try to type something in, but then you're distracted by all the videos and the pictures below. And so then you can start scrolling on there. And a lot of times there'll be, there'll be content in that search option that isn't good that leads people downhill. And especially when you've been someone who's who goes to certain pages that are more sexual on Instagram, Instagram knows that and they're going to put more pages like that into your search bar. And so be intentional with like, just give yourself a chance, value yourself, be like, you know what, I'm worth more than this. I don't want to be susceptible to this. I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm, ha- I'm having my phone bombard me with these images and visuals and videos all the time. Like value yourself 
yourself, put a value on yourself that's higher than letting these pictures and these visuals into your life. And if you have to delete Instagram for a time, delete Instagram. And then once you've deleted it, work on your emotional health and maturity, your spiritual maturity, and take time away from these things that are damaging you to grow so that you can come back to these platforms and have it be something where it's a healthy option for you. Well said way of putting this though, Matt, and I think that social media can create such a connection problem for us. We have issues enough connecting with others. We have issues enough connecting with ourselves and with God. There's a lot of things in our life that can impede us in that. Now, social media is a tool. If it is no longer a tool in your life, it is the source of your connection, then that is a question I think you, first you need to ask yourself. And if it is the thing that you use to connect with others, I'm, th- I'm talking it's become more than a tool. It is the only way that you connect. We would challenge you, make some space in your life to just connect with yourself and with others. And just because you talk to someone online or you like their comment or you follow their page, it doesn't mean you're connecting with them. It doesn't. What about a conversation face-to-face with somebody? Whenever we ever picked up the phone and just had a conversation with each other, when does that happen anymore, right? Like, I mean, we view that now as like, like, why are you calling me, right? <laughs> like, just text me. And I think, you know, and this is a challenge, as I'm saying this, even for myself, but we have to learn to connect with people again. We have to learn that because when we go to things like social media and porn, often it's because we don't know how to connect with the real world. You know, we disconnect from it to connect with social media. And that's when it causes a problem for us in our lives. So we need to just be able to have time to think about life, about ourselves, about God, about, you know, our relationships. You need time for that. When we're on social media, you don't think about those things. You're just reactive, right? You're no longer able to make choices about your life, at least in a proactive way. You're just reactive. And then when you're away from Instagram, when you're away from Facebook and you're away from Twitter, all you're thinking about is getting back on there because you're afraid of what you're missing out on. FOMO is a thing, right? Actually, studies have been done. Fear of missing out. FOMO is a thing. And we're seeing this in teenagers because teenagers more than ever and and young adults now, they've grown up with this. The generation before did not grow up with this. But we're starting to do this social experiment of seeing what people are like when they are raised on the screen. And we're seeing the challenges of this. There's more depression. There's more disconnect. Reality pales now in comparison to this fake world for many people. And we need to unplug from that. We need to use it as a tool for sure. I get that. But if it is the thing in your life that you use to feel good, to look for a connection with others, then that's the problem. And these are tough questions we need to ask. And if you're struggling with porn, Like Matt was saying, this might be something that you just have to pull back from because it is drawing you in. It is that bait on the hook, really. So we want you to think, if I have to delete my TikTok, is my life going to be better for it or worse? How much value am I getting from Snapchat? Is my life going to be better for it if I delete it? Or is it going to be worse if I don't get, you know, five snaps a day? (laughs) Am I going to be okay? And so I want you to think about that. I want this to be a challenge for you for this week if you're listening. What damage in my life is social media causing? And what can I do about it? So this week, even like now, like today, when you're listening to this, what can I do right now to limit the damage that social media is doing in my life? And then think on the positive. If I take that action... What's, what's going to be the benefit that I get from it? Mm. 
because your life is going to be so much better. And I told this story on another podcast, but there was this guy I was coaching and and I was saying to him, like, what's allowing you to struggle? Like, what's allowing you to stumble? Because you're locked down, like all your devices are locked down. He's like, well, it's Instagram more than anything. I'm like, well, why do you have Instagram? And he's like, I, I guess I, I guess I communicate with my friends on Instagram. I'm like, can you communicate a different way? And he's like, yeah, I can. But he'd never thought of it. And that's what we're saying is when we're on these things, we don't think. Like, like Brandon's like, when do we think? We just do. We just feel. We don't think. And so he's like, I never thought of it. And so, he, but then he started thinking, like, well, I guess I can communicate with them in this other way. And so he came up with that solution. I was like, well, are you going to delete Instagram? He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> and I wasn't saying to do it in the moment, but he got it out. He deleted it. And and I was like, how do you feel? He's like, ah, I feel good. It's, it's one more step to freedom. And he was like pumped for freedom. And so I want this to be your perspective. Like, what am I going to gain when I take these steps of removing a damaging effect that social media is having in my life? Whether it's, you know, just limiting your time on it. Maybe it's not going to be something that you look at first thing in the morning, like Braden was saying. Or maybe you're not going to look at it right before you go to bed or in the middle of the night, like I sometimes do when the phone's in my in my bed. Maybe it's that you're going to delete a certain app. What's the, the thing that you're going to do right now to show yourself that you value yourself, that will open the door to more healing, more health, more freedom in your life, and not lead you down a road to pornography, to acting out, or even just feeling more depressed. It's going to be so worth it. And so something that could be a challenge for you or something that you're going to, you're going to take action on this week, maybe even it's something like just restricting access. Like on, on my YouTube, I have restricted mode on. So I, I think, I forget what it is. I can't comment or I can't see comments. I think I can't see comments. Not that I'm a commenter on, anyway on YouTube videos, so I don't really care, but sometimes I read the comments. But on restricted mode, then certain videos won't pop up. And I know when people are watching YouTube and those thumbnails come on the side, again, that's just a way for social media to get you, to get you to always be looking at the next thing. And so when those thumbnails come up, that's a real challenge for some people. I know even Brad and I have, we talk about that. Like we have to watch out when we're watching, you know, it might be a sports highlight and on the side, it, it could even be another sports highlight, but the thumbnail is some girl in a bikini and we're like, geez. And so, so we got to be aware of that, but put on restricted mode on YouTube. That's something that you can do on Google. You can turn on safe search. You can turn on, uh, through the privacy and security, you can turn on safe browsing. And so when you're browsing something, maybe you're browsing something in images, and, and when you're on safe search or safe, Im- safe browsing, those certain images that might lead you, lead you astray, those won't pop up. There's very practical things to do. And even if you don't know and you're like, well, what can I do? And we haven't suggested, maybe we don't know about it. Just Google, like, how can I, how can I protect myself? How can I go on a restricted mode on this app? And, and ask around, ask your friends what they do. And there's going to be ideas out there and things that other people are doing that maybe they're your best friend and you don't even know they're doing it. But when you start asking, you're, you're going to learn about a lot of things. Like we're saying, social media isn't evil. We're not telling you that you need to get rid of it completely from your life, but you need to have layers of understanding of what it's doing for you and make choices based on that. So one other thing that I would say is schedule time for you just to be alone in your thoughts, to have silence and to think through what you're feeling. You know, we get it. If social media is an addiction and, you know, porn's an addiction, sometimes those moments of silence can be terrifying and they can be challenging because you're feeling a lot of bad stuff. But you need to learn to reconnect with those emotions and connect with yourself. And then through that, invite God into that. And not only that, have a conversation with someone you love about what you're feeling. 
you know, a trusted person. If you're married, have that with your spouse. Just share what you're feeling, whether you're feeling bad that day or angry or whatever else. And maybe you don't know why, but when you talk to somebody about it, you're learning to connect again, because really we have connection disorder <laughs> right now. We, we really don't know how to connect with people. And I think that we need to make space in our life to connect with others. And I know that social media is all about connection, right? But really the byproduct of this is we've not learned to connect with our reality. We haven't. And and this will lead us to other more dangerous things like pornography. So that's what we say is learn to connect again. Fill your life with good things. Instead of just removing something, you got to fill your life. You got to fill your life and pursue healthy things. And that's what we would challenge you with is just have thoughts. Think again. <laughs> There's a mentor in my life. I was just chatting with him yesterday, actually. But a few years ago, he was looking at my schedule. And and he was looking at he was looking over. He's like, Matt, you don't have any time to just think. I'm like, oh, that's true. He's like, every leader schedules time to think. Not Maybe not every leader, but high-end, successful people. Some people even like high, like high, high-end, like billionaires or or Olympic athletes. They'll be like, okay, on my Monday to Friday, on Monday, I'm just going to think. And so thinking is so powerful. And so my mentor, he's like, Matt, you don't have time to think. You need to think. And so what Braden is saying, like just put time in your day to just develop that skill and be still and be quiet. And I remember there was a friend over. I was single. It was years ago. And, and our friend was over with my roommate and I. And they're saying, let's just go into our rooms for half an hour and, and be silent and be with the Lord. And I was like, what? This is so strange. I've never done this before. And so, but I was like, okay, we'll try it. And we did it. And it was the start of me kind of learning, like, let's just be still and know that God is God. Like, let's just be still and know. And that's scripture, like, be still, like, let him just be with you. Let him speak to you. And I remember it was really cool in that time where where our my roommate and our, our friend was like, hey, let's just be quiet in our rooms. I, I don't even know, honestly, if I was praying for this, but I had a, a picture or a vision in my head of a car and Within about a year and a half after that, I ended up buying that car. And I was like, whoa, this is the car that God showed me when I was still with the Lord. And so there was there was a guy a couple of weeks ago, I was doing an event at a church and and he was saying like, I, I don't know how to how to hear God. Like, it seems like you hear God in your prayers. And I was like, well, I don't always, but I'll tell you when I do. I do when I'm still. And so there's times where I'll go even months and I'm like, man, I feel distant. Like I feel like I haven't heard God's voice for a while. And then I'm like, let's just take five minutes and, and be still and be quiet. And then I feel like I hear him so clearly. And some people it's not fast and it's not always that quick with me. Sometimes it takes even just a month of just being, you know, pr- consistently quiet until you really start to, to learn to hear his voice. But, but you really start to hear his voice when we're quiet. And so I like in scripture where it says that that the the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And I think that sometimes we we can think like, well, I don't really know his voice. Like I, I know I'm I'm his I'm God's child. I'm saved, but I don't know his voice. But I think that scripture I've kind of changed how I've seen it in the last year because I think it's saying like, no, you can hear his voice. You do know his voice. You just need to make time to be still and be quiet and prioritize that. And when social media and our phones and pornography come and they flood our minds and we 
feel down and we feel depressed and we spend all of our time on these things, we're not learning to be still and be confident that we can always enter the throne room of God because we just feel down and depressed like we're not worthy. And so learning to be still, learning to be quiet, get these things out of our out of our lives a little bit and just take time, like Brad is saying, is such an important thing in developing your relationship with God, even getting you more emotionally healthy, learning how to, how to regulate emotions, um, become spiritually mature, and not have this craving in our heart to go towards social media for all of our fulfillment in life. So remember the challenge for the week. What's the thing in your life that you need to take action on this week to get some form of damaging effect of social media out of your life? What's the benefit of that? That's the challenge. Share the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. We love that you're part of our tribe. And as always, remember to leave a review. Thanks for hanging out. We'll chat next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.